Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Intimacy is not for wimps because it means exposure. Really good marriages are partnership marriages. The more she would resist, the more I would persist. Dear young married couple, does your spouse ever think that you want sex more than you want them? If this is the case, then tune into this episode that we did with Dan Purcell. He is the founder of Get Your Marriage On, and he has also authored five apps that are designed to strengthen marriages. So we dig into this concept of how to reframe this conversation between you and your spouse and um, why this conversation takes place to begin with, all these meaning frames that we attach to it. So grab your husband, grab your wife, sit down and listen. You're going to learn some good stuff. Welcome, Dan, to the Dear You Married Couple podcast. We're so honored that you're with us today. Welcome. Thank you. The honor is mine. I, I love you guys. I love what you guys do. And Aww, it's been really you. fun. Thank Man, you. Man, well, we love what you do. You yeah. have an app and you do your marriage coaching and you're doing a lot of stuff. So yes. it's, it's, it's good to get to know people in the industry and that are helping people get their marriages on. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Which is the title of uh, your one of your programs, Get Your Marriage On. And we want to talk to you today about this concept that tends to pop up in a lot of marriages that we see in our practice here in Sacramento. Yeah. I'm sure you see it in your practice. And that is the concept of one member of the couple, oftentimes the woman, feeling objectified by this idea of he wants sex, he doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we want to dig into that concept with you today. Is that something that comes up a lot for you in your practice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like a few years ago, I was training for a marathon with a group of friends mm-hmm. and we do this long run. So you get to know each other really, really well. And one of the ladies in our group would say to me like, I've spent all day with the kids. I clean all day. I'm just so tired at the end of the day. I'm, I'm checked out and I go to bed. And an hour later, my husband rolls into bed and wakes me up like, hey, can, can you just give me five minutes? Like, <laughs> he's waking her up to have sex, right? And she's right? so frustrated. Like, no. But like, yeah, it's that does mm-hmm. come up quite a bit. Like, she just feels a little objectified or like, is that mm-hmm. all I'm good for now? Or how come you didn't help with everything else? And now, now all you want mm-hmm. is sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We see this happen. I think that's the most common complaint that women say is I feel objectified. And to man, it's just like, okay, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh Uh What does a woman mean when she says, I feel objectified? I think she means like, uh, my only value to you is uh, my capacity to give you sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. And what about everything else that I do that should have meaning or that what I think should be more meaningful for a relationship between us? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So talk to us about where this comes from in terms of, you know, why she would attach that meaning to that sexual encounter, like the example you gave where he rolls into bed, can you give me five minutes? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and versus maybe the meaning he's attaching to that sexual encounter. Yeah. So uh, meanings, 
like as humans, we're capable of assigning meaning to the world around us, which is a unique human endowment. Other animals, whatever, don't have that ability like humans do. Right. So we can assign meaning to numbers on the stock market ticker symbol, right? Mm -hmm. What it means to have numbers go up or down. Mm -hmm. We can assign meaning to even what we're eating for lunch. Like we can find meaning in so many things. Mm -hmm. And sex is very intimate and fraught with all different kinds of meanings that we can attach to it. Yeah. I personally believe that the absolute best and when sex is at its absolute very best is when it's intimate, intimate sex. And I, I define that as it's like a deep knowing of two people. Like, and it, it's not for wimps. Intimacy is not for wimps because it means exposure. It means like letting another person into my heart, into my life, into my soul mm-hmm. and into your body too. But it's, it's like this letting you see all of me, and a willingness to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And the flip side is uh, f- willing to know you, willing to know your partner at a deep level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when we go into marriage, when it comes to sex, we, we have different meaning frames. Like, like this one we're talking about now is like a duty meaning frame. It's like, okay. uh, for, for instance. Yeah. How uh, common is that duty meaning frame? <laughs> it's it, unfortunately far too common. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and part of it could be like just upbringing because that's all they saw modeled or that's maybe at church or other mm-hmm. things like that. That message mm-hmm. is kind of strong in our culture there yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, um, this is a wifely duty or this now, is just kind of. Now that we're do. married. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a common uh, meaning frame for that. Yeah. There's other meaning frames. like Yeah, what are uh, some other meaning frames that you see? So we have the duty meaning frame. What right. else? Another one is a, a needs frame. And you hear mm-hmm. this thrown around a lot too. Like sure. yep. his needs, her needs. Yes. Right? <laughs> like he has a need. And sometimes that could be taken as far as like, like there was one woman I was coaching. She, she has this idea that if she doesn't give her husband sex every three days, he's going to instead look at porn or go do other things. So mm-hmm. she viewed sex as like he has this need yeah. and it's my duty to caretake his need. And mm-hmm. if I don't do my duty, then he's going to go off the rails mm-hmm. and whatever. So it, it, the meaning of sex for her changed from like this intimate, deep connection to instead caretaking. Mm-hmm. Like I have to corral your sexuality. I have to manage you. And it turned into a chore. Like I have to take care of all these other parts of my life. And now I've got one more thing that I have to take care of. And that mm-hmm. that doesn't help if you want to build an intimate, deep connection. Right. Right. That's really good. Yeah. What other meanings do you see? This is uh, yeah. Uh, how it's about intriguing it? for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, we're we're putting meaning into this whole system right. <laughs> too. Totally. Yep. And I'm familiar with all these meanings because I've experienced them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. myself. Sure. Yeah, I admit. But the other one's entitlement meaning frame. Talk about the entitlement meaning frame. That's that's the idea that hey, you're my only legitimate outlet. I'm not going to have sex with any other person. I've promised to do that. So you should be able to give me anything that I want because where else am I going to get it from? Mm. That's Mm -hmm. that entitlement attitude. And all of a sudden, sex becomes more about this like power struggle or a contest of wills more than it is about a deep and fundamental knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've seen all these. 
Mm-hmm. In other people, of course. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, never what before in our 14 years of yeah. marriage. This <laughs> is, I, I've told people, in, you know, a magic question in, uh, in coaching is, and what else? It's the awe yeah, question. What else? Yeah, what uh, else? This yeah. is you. You have this going. This is good. Yes. Uh, there's the transactional meaning frame, and that's oh, kind okay. of similar to what we talked about. But this is the. Uh, I see this a lot in the nice guys, and I put that in air quotes that I that I coach. So these are people that uh, really want some sort of sexual validation from their wife. They, uh, and this can go both ways. It's I'm just giving this as an illustration where. Right in order for them to feel good about themselves, they want to know that reassurance, that constant reassurance that their wife wants them sexually. Mm-hmm. So uh, they become kind of really needy. And so they'll, they'll do things to kind of put their wives in a situation where that set them up for basically they have to kind of give them sex. And they, mm-hmm. they're kind of, they call them nice guys because these are guys that will like, they'll do all the chores for their wife. They'll like put the kids to bed, help them with their homework. For instance, they'll read like a book and talks about chore play as foreplay. And they'll like take that <laughs> to the extreme, like, because what they're thinking in their mind is in, in more like a transaction like, Yes, because I am so needy for sexual validation in order for me to feel good about myself. I'm going to do like this and this and this mm-hmm. so that, you know, after she comes out of her bath after soaking for an hour and I've taken care of all the dishes and everything, she's going to be just so absolutely turned on and just can't help, but, you know, want to jump my bones in bed. Like that's the line of thinking. And when it doesn't play out that way, because that's not reality, they get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Nice guy no longer, gets frustrated. Yeah. They're no longer a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, wait, I, and then they start not, like, I did this for you. I did that for you. I did this for you. How come you don't want to, and they're not using these words, but it's almost like saying, how come you're not repaying me with sex? Mm. They're trying to buy sex essentially. That's the transaction. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's this transactional frame. Mm-hmm. And wow. I hear it from wives too, where she'll be like, well, I would be a whole lot more available for sex if you would. And then she starts listing things like, yeah. if mm-hmm. you would please, and then I don't know, do the laundry and mm-hmm. take this, this, and then, yeah, I'll be a lot more turned on. And I think what she's saying is like, help me, help me with my load here. We've got yeah. to work together. So I right. feel connected, but it's, it's kind of a weaker position because you're putting things more in a transaction. And yeah. so if he's, if he doesn't do those things, does that mean, becomes less desirable then you don't have that in it are you going for intimacy or are you going for transactions mm, mm-hmm. yeah or are you are you going for getting things done right yeah. yeah 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 so you you point out two concepts here in the last few minutes that i think are very natural realities one is that he does want to feel sexually validated so does she you know mm-hmm. um and then this other piece of like that overwhelm that a woman might feel or a man um, and and they just want help with the load, right? But they're mm-hmm. framing it in that transaction, which isn't the healthiest frame. Um, talk about a healthier frame uh, that you can utilize, like even just a, a script or a conversation framework that s- folks can utilize when these needs are natural and, and present. Okay, great, great. So let's do a scenario. We're going to use total stereotypes here. Okay. He's the higher desire spouse in the marriage. She's mm-hmm. she's a lesser. And he approaches her as like, hey, can we have sex? And 
the the weaker response would be, well, yeah, if you'll like do the laundry and these things, then I can reward you with sex later. The stronger frame would probably be honest and say, no, I'm not in the mood, but I'll you can talk me into it. Like, I'm not in the mood now, but I could do work on myself to get me into that state. Okay. And these are some ideas of things you could do to help me get into that state. Mm, okay. So it's coming out of a strength, out of a weakness. It's, I hear it's that. more like, okay. it's not the wife saying, no, I don't want sex. Only if you do these things, it's more like, yes, I could move into that frame. I can see my, like, right. It takes mm-hmm. some effort, mental effort to like mentally willing to go there. Yeah. But she's, that's the courageous part. That's the strong yeah. part. I am. And it's not a coercion because I no. think that's been talked about before too, you know, where, where wives feel like they're being coerced into it. Um, but it, it is this, Hey, I'm not there, but I could be there if some yes. of these things were checked off. Well, these will help me get there. Right. Yeah. Otherwise I'm going to have a hard time getting there now. Right. And gotcha. it's more of an honest, it's more like a collaboration, which mm-hmm. I think really good marriages are partnership marriages. There's high level of collaboration and like mm. partnership. The view, there's no hierarchy one above another. They're, mm-hmm. they're together on this and it's inviting your spouse into like, here's my world. This is what's going on for me now. Just to be, I'm just addressing honestly what's there. And yeah. so maybe you can help me with this. And that I think is a stronger frame. It's really good. That is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think having the sexual desire kind of map um, in mind or the arousal cycle mm-hmm. for a woman, knowing that women generally don't start with desire, men always have the desire going. Like, if we had to chart it out on a one to 10, and this is of course in generalities. But, Using those stereotypes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, men would maybe start on a low grade three all the time. And then a woman would have to awaken that zero and mm-hmm. go to a one. <laughs> and I think that's what I kind of hear saying. I mean, this is of course different theories, but it's kind of in general, I think yeah. what, what people say. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is, hey, you know, like if we can work toward this and it's a no right now, but maybe when some of these things are done, I can work on this too. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. and yeah. and maybe we can meet. So you know, yeah. meet in bed. Yes, <laughs> eventually it pulls it out of that transaction conversation, and there's no power differential. It's let's work on this together. Let's be open and honest and vulnerable, which then leads to that intimate connection. Well, it's vulnerable for the wife, I think, to say no. I'm not really in the mood. Yeah. And it's really hard, honestly, too, for the man to take that. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but I like how we're giving kind of a way out of like, hey, you know, you can't buy sex here. Right. Right. Yes. But I'm willing to work on it. And maybe you're willing to work on it. And mm-hmm. maybe we could see what we end up with here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that approach, too, because a lot of, especially men, higher desire spouse, I'm included in this. Like I think, I think of it more in blacks and white, like on or off. Is it going to happen or is it not? (laughs) (laughs) But a huge shift happened in my marriage when instead of thinking it like an on off switch, more like a dimmer switch. Mm. It's like kind of, it's not an all, it's not an absolute no, it's not an absolute yes, but it's like moving into this, like maybe space Mm. and enjoying the maybe. Mm. And, uh, I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's uh, with with arousal, like responsive versus more spontaneous pattern. It's it's that 
how can we move into together, collaborate, and kind of be happy with this maybe space? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't happen tonight, I mean, it's more likely to happen another time. But we're enjoying this more in a maybe instead of this absolute no, or it has to be absolute yes. Isn't that Mm -hmm. what stokes the fire of desire within uh, dating relationships or um, you know, that flirtation going back and forth is there is no set. There is no, like you have to, it's all about the maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh-huh. even if sex is off the table, cause obviously for a lot of premarital Christian couples who might be listening, sex is off the table. Well, I'm not talking but, about sex, right, of course. <laughs> but there's that maybe of it's, it's, it's the chase. It's the yeah. pursuit. What will he right? say? Will yeah. you hold my hand? Like what, What's yeah. going to happen tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The anticipation mm-hmm. is exciting. And I think that's what brings it into the frame of I want you, right? The anticipation of our connection makes it about two people rather than the transaction or the duty or all these frames you've been right. going through. Yeah, right. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Are there any other frames? Do you think, well, do you think it would be misleading for some people to say, I want you? And she's like, okay, well, let's go kiss. You know, and is that is that still in the realm of the maybe or is that being misleading? Like you just really you just want to kiss me in order so we can have sex like or maybe is she working from that transactional or manipulative frame? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could be, but I have a story on that. Sure. Go ahead. So just after Christmas, um, uh, we you know, as a family, we've spent a lot of time together and we just finished the holidays. So like that big initial, like stress load is like gone. And I was horny, like <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> but it was like night after night of no, no, no. And unfortunately I, I didn't take my own advice at the moment. <laughs> and I was moving into other meeting frames and, and uh, I was being very nice about it, but like, it, my hints and my suggestions kind of became a little more direct and more mm-hmm. direct and more direct. We call that assertiveness. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, it just, I was just upping the flirting and she wasn't having any of it. And the more she would resist, the more I would persist. And, and I, she just looked at me and said, look, I get the feeling that all you want is the sex, but what about me? And in that moment, it was like, oh, yeah, I, dumb moment. Of course, I know better. I know better. Mm. And I hated hearing those words because, of course, I know better. But this this didn't turn into like a big fight for us because because mm. uh, I'm, I'm working on this. Okay. I'm able to like really listen and look for the truth in what she is saying rather than immediately get defensive. So nice. I took a step back and calmed myself down. And like, what is she really trying to say? And is there any truth in this? And looking back, yeah, I was kind of just pursuing sex instead of pursuing her. And she felt like she was kind of missing in that equation. And um, yeah, so when we really had that honest, like when I took a little look, honest look within me, I, you know, it, I I didn't like hearing that. And things kind of went cold in our relationship for about 24 hours, like, like they kind of tend to do. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm like, no, she's right. So, you know, it was a Sunday 
she's out in the kitchen doing something and I'm like, all right, I'm done with this like cold war between it. It wasn't a cold war, but I'm done with the cold feeling. I want the, the ease in our relationship back. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I just went into the kitchen. I gave her a big hug and a very passionate kiss. And that was it. Mm. Like, and that kiss, the meaning behind the kiss was like, I'm sorry. And I really like you. And I really want you. Mm. And that night, when we're getting ready for bed, I said, Hey, how about we play boggle? That's one of our favorite games to play together. And it wasn't like, Hey, hey, let's have sex. It was let's play boggle. And it was my way of saying, I really do want you. And I really want to connect with you. And then Mm. we had a great evening after that. So Mm. uh, I think when couples can really work on like, what is it that I really want? And like, cause we go on autopilot mode all the time and we're not really thinking about what we're thinking about we're just acting and reacting to life and whatever yeah. but we can really slow things down take a step back and go mm. oh yeah what is it that i really really want and then put that into action and you do that over and over in your life you can build new habits and strengthen your marriage in new ways that you would never thought was possible mm. Mm. so good I, you mentioned going on autopilot mode and it reminded me of the feature in your app that is my favorite feature and that's the reminder um Mm -hmm. where it sends a push notification so you can say like remind me to um initiate a kiss with my husband or remind me to give her some verbal affirmation today or remind me to um you know ask about playing this game like whatever it is Mm -hmm. but because we will work on things in session and we'll have aha moments, but then that consistency isn't there because they've been on autopilot for so long. They've had these frames for so long. And so having that little nudge, like it used to be like a sticky note on the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Or in your toothpaste drawer, but instead like having it pop up on your phone is brilliant. I love that feature on your app. That's a good reminder to have. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. How long have you been married, Dan? 18 years. 18 years. Wow. Talk to us about in those 18 years, um, what are some things that you, I mean, I mean, we asked this at the very end, you know, in a formal way with our Dear Young Mary Couple letter, but um, you mentioned before we started recording, like you've got quite a list of things that you wish you would have known before you got married, maybe particularly around this area. Around this area. Yeah. Talk yeah. to us about some of those things that, that have to do with this pursuit of her rather than on sex. I do think this is a difficult one, especially for guys mm-hmm. to, to get because, and I, I don't want to sidetrack what she's asking here, but I think guys sex and love are very, very, very connected. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more connected for than, than for a woman, I think. Well, I mean, biblically, they're so connected, right? Mm-hmm. But I think experientially. Expen- yeah, well, because men don't learn how to feel very well. Yeah. That's the place they feel. In our culture. Yeah. In our culture, yeah. In yeah. our culture, yes. Uh-huh. So I, I think for them you know, when they were saying like, well, you don't want me. Like, of course I want me. You're, you're included in this number. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why would you say that? Yeah. So I think that that's a, that's a shift, a mind shift for men to be like, okay, maybe I need to look at my motivations a little bit differently. Mm. And I think just to kind of comment on what you're saying, I think it goes back down to trust. Like, does she really have my best interest in mind? And does she really want to connect with me mm-hmm. instead of you having to be the constant reminder of like, Hey, I want sex. I want sex right. of like, Hey, do you, 
do you think that she wants to connect? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like she's keeping that, the relationship in mind? Yeah. Or it, it, does it take you like pushing that button of like the, you know, the reminder button all the time? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. what, what advice would you give men I- I around that to like help shift their mind? To, yeah. To and like, maybe in the frame of, of that question, like going back, what do you wish you would have done differently when it comes to this concept? We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. I, I think what you talked about with the how men equate love with sex a little more, at least mm. culturally than, than women yes. might. I think... Uh, either like it's the same it's the same coin just opposite sides when you both have anxiety about sex Mm -hmm. so when you're anxious it does one of two things one is it's like saying you can't have chocolate anymore don't think about chocolate ever again well guess what you're going to think about (laughs) chocolate Chocolate. (laughs) yeah and you're either going to like shame yourself for even wanting chocolate like good people don't want chocolate and I want chocolate. Therefore I must be a bad person. Right. Like that's not a healthy approach. Right. Right. Or the opposite's not healthy either. When no one's walking, looking, you like hop into the pantry and you gorge your face with all this chocolate <laughs> and then right. you feel awful after, right? Like either extreme is yeah. not good. Instead of right. like having a healthy relationship to your desire for chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I think loving through like loving another person through our sexuality is one of the most highest ways we can express love because mm. there's something very fundamental, very human about sexual expression. Mm. And it is very nurturing. It's, it, it talks really deeply to our souls. And I believe our spiritual development and our sexual development are very closely correlated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like it, spiritually, meaning like, you know, connecting to a higher source, sexually connecting to another person, soul to soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sometimes we don't, we, this is the meaning frame. The last meaning frame that I I think is not helpful is we relegate sex to like, it's, it's okay to have, but as kind of a side dish, but it's not, it's not main. It's like, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not love because love is the main thing. And sex is kind of like the side dish rather Mm -hmm. than realizing like when I was in high school physics, we learned about strong forces and weak forces. Like gravity is a weak force. But the, the forces that hold subatomic structures together are a strong force. Mm-hmm. Sex is like a strong force in marriage, like that mm-hmm. desire. Uh, some people use the word lust. I'm going to use that word, but in a, in a positive way, sure. like okay. an extreme, like uh, intense desire yeah. for another person. 
a drive a, a yeah. wanting yeah yes. like mm-hmm. this pursuing or wanting mm-hmm. this like like that force for your spouse i think is a very good and strong and when that gets weakened the marriage you can still love and that be patient one with another be kind to one another but that's not going to hold the marriage together as strongly because you need that strong force too mm, so yeah. uh, the advice i would give is um remember that sex is a very powerful way to love another person and not to be ashamed of your sexuality yeah. and to develop it and grow it because this is a, a, a way you're going to be able to connect with your spouse no other way possible and take yeah. you to greater relationship heights than you'd ever been able to with any other relationship. Mm. Mm. Dan, did that uh, shame message get attached to sexuality for you in your early years of marriage? Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so your mess becomes your message, as they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. It's true. Yeah. yeah. For uh, about 13 years of our marriage, uh, okay. we both experienced shame that we couldn't even say the word sex out loud to each other even mm-hmm. without blushing a little bit like right just feeling like is it it had, is it okay to even for a guy a lot of men i think have this message especially good men uh christian mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. is it okay to even want sex is it okay mm-hmm. to like desire it because you kind of go to church and look around you get the feeling like sex is like you know it's okay to have in marriage okay but you don't talk about it a lot. So it's, it's not, not celebrated. Like, it's not prize. It's not celebrated. Yeah. We're like good masculine strength and good masculine sexuality is a driving force for good in the world. Mm. Uh, mm. That's what causes like those firefighters to fight, to, to go in and rescue people. Like, you know, uh, like wars, battles, whatever people win, people work mm-hmm. extra hard. They'll go to great lengths to, to rescue people and help and serve others. And, and that's celebrated. Of, yes, that's celebrated. But that's that comes back down to that core, I think, male sexual strength, that that force. Yeah. And and there's a female sexual force just as strong, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those are all good things that we kind of push down or or set aside and not because we're so, sometimes we're so anxious about sex. Um and probably people have really good reasons. Like there's some yeah. awful things that happen, like sure. abuse and whatever. A lot of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It, those are really difficult things. So you, you need to be sensitive around those things too. Mm-hmm. But when, when, uh, like when your parents sit down their kids to have quote unquote, the talk, which is not the way to do it by the way, but when, when you have <laughs> the talk, the one and only talk yep. <laughs> and they're fidgeting all the time. And, and the discussion is more about reproductive biology and less about how to have a sexual relationship with someone mm-hmm. you get married with another person and you're only like understanding of how it's supposed to be besides hushed conversations in the cafeteria when you're, mm-hmm. you know, middle school or high school, like you're like, really, how's this, like, how are we going to build a strong sexual relationship? Like that education, I think a lot of couples can, um, can have, and that's why you're listening to podcasts like these. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Amen. <laughs> no, it's true. And so these frames that you've referred to from the beginning, Um, And then also what you're referring to in your own marriage early on come from upbringing and experience and lack of education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems like we go through all of those frames at one point, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And you will throughout the rest of your life. That's. Yep. 
Yeah. How how do you catch yourself and recenter? Like you gave the story that was really good. What's mm-hmm. a process or a question that people could ask? Do you think that would help them turn toward and and get the correct frame in mind? I think there's three steps for that. The first step is to I like if I had a bumper sticker or a sign on my door or whatever, it would say "Calm the heck down." Because <laughs> <laughs> right, I say it to myself all the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. Step like one that. is to calm the heck down. Like, okay. what's going on, and just like slow down. Yeah, slow down. Slow mm-hmm. everything down. Because when you're emotionally stimulated, your higher thinking part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, Mm -hmm. can't operate at that full capacity. Those neural connections aren't going to happen. So slow things down so you can really think. And step two is is to do the thinking. And uh, there's many ways to do that. Some people really like meditation, uh, which there's many ways to do that. There's the... um, uh, like I like to go running. That's my way to like really process and think. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to journal. So I get out a piece of paper and I'll just start writing. And when, as I write, I'll just dump out unfiltered everything, how I'm feeling right now. And then when I'm done, I'll go out and pick out like, what are the facts? Because sometimes uh, we can't, we, we, this, there's this blurred line of, we think our circumstances give us our feelings in life. Mm-hmm. And circumstances are neutral. There's the facts. It's like, uh, it's raining today. That's like a fact, let's say, and how I, and therefore I'm in a bad mood, but right. it's not the rain that was a bad mood is because I had other plans and I was hoping it was going to be sunny and right. those fell through because of the weather. That's why it's my thoughts around it. So when right. you can separate. So that's what I think journaling is really important processing, but you slow your mind down. And yeah. step two is like to separate facts from the thoughts, like what are the circumstances from what's actually going on? Mm-hmm. I like that. And number th- so number three is awareness. So once you become more aware to what you're doing and what's happening, next time you can interrupt those unhelpful thoughts and course correct. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes yeah. practice. But mm-hmm. that's, I think, the three steps to, yeah. to implementing that. That's good. And I, I like that you said it doesn't happen overnight because you're literally forming new neural pathways with what yeah. you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. you're pausing yourself when you would normally react. You're going through this, you know, course correction of here are the facts. Here are my feelings in response to those facts. These circumstances don't dictate. Right. And then actually being aware of that and then taking action, you know, all of that is not your normal. De- that's not your default. So you're, you're, going through that, you know, brain change there. So give yourself time. I mean, they say it takes at least 21 days to form a new habit because that's how long it takes to form a new neural pathway if you're practicing it very consistently over those 21 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. That's good. Um, so just kind of asking what we ask everybody, what um, any resources that you could point? I mean, we know that you have resources. Yeah, but share your own they, resources. Share your resources that you have. Uh, my best resource is an app called Intimately Us. It's free for down- to download from the from the App Store, both mm-hmm. iPhone and Android. And this came about because once my wife and I realized uh, there was a whole lot more to sex than we were experiencing at the time, we wanted to learn 
all we can about it. And it was kind of a way to document our journey and what, what we're learning, kind of share it with the world. If I was an author, I'd probably write a book, or if I was a good speaker, I'd probably do that. But I'm neither of those things. So I, I only know how to write apps. So well, you're, you're quite a good speaker too. So I'm glad you're talking about it. <laughs> well, thanks. But uh, so app was kind of the medium of choice to kind of share nice. these things. And what I love about apps is they're interactive mm-hmm. and they can update and change regularly as more information becomes available. One of the things that helped my wife and I connect in the bedroom the best is by making sex less serious and more of a time for play Mm. instead of like something to get done or check off the list. It became Mm. a time of like enjoying each other thoroughly and we're both a little bit silly and goofy. So that kind of expresses itself too. But when we can like take these games and put them into apps, then it make bedtime connection time a lot more fun. So the app is full of games. Like one of them's like a uh, sexy twister. It's like the twister game, like on the mat, but <laughs> in- instead that. of the mat, it's using each other. So you hit the button and it'll randomly say like right hand, butt, or like <laughs> <laughs> left foot, you know, cheek. It might, it can get a little silly, but like, there's that. It's kind of fun. There's battle strip where it's nice. like battleship. I saw that. Boats. That was great. <laughs> it's sinking clothing. And uh, that's so it's a hilarious. <laughs> And there's, there's the classic, like a, uh, like a board game where you roll the dice and it moves you to a spot and it has a prompt and you take turns, husband and wife and it gets spicier as it goes up. And nice. yes. all of it is completely customizable to your comfort level. So if you really yeah. don't like certain things or you're in a situation where something's not available, you can like turn those things off or on. So you can really customize experience for, for it's such couples. a neat app. We just downloaded it last week. And so we've been checking it out. And I like how you can also um, pair with your spouse. So yeah. mm-hmm. you download the app and then you get this code or something and then, you, and then you pair with your spouse and then like you guys can interact through the app and then you have that messaging app that's like a companion. Yes. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Talk about the messaging app. It's called Just Between Us. Uh, so my, my wife and I have six children. And wow. we like to flirt over messaging. That's kind of our way to stay connected throughout the day. Yes. And it's nice to have a separate app that's password protected. That's not in your regular like text messages. Mm-hmm. And it's an app where you can only connect with one other person. So I know yes. for certainty when I open the app, there's absolutely no possibility I can accidentally send something intimate to someone unintended. So, there you, go. so you have that. But that's on top good. of all that, uh, uh, I've done a lot of research in computer security and and software development for secure transit, secure communication. Mm. Uh-huh. So it's end to end, double encrypted. So there's absolutely nice. no way an intermediary can can read your spicy photos and videos and <laughs> messages you send. That's so good. <laughs> That's I like awesome. that. Does it also store? By the way, like, is can it serve as kind of a photo vault for you and your spouse too? Yes, it can. And okay. if you, there's a new feature we added where you can take your photos in advance just on your own phone uh-huh. if you're not ready to send them yet. Okay. So like if you, like you can snap a few photos or messages now um, and then when you're ready to send them, go to the vault and then nice. send those. So you That's can kind of cool. keep things so secret. Cool. Yeah. Love that. So cool. So there you go, people. Like some ways to <laughs> have a little bit more fun. And then where can folks find you, Dan, and all the resources in addition to the apps that you offer? My website is getyourmarriageon.com mm-hmm. and I'm on Instagram at getyourmarriageon. 
Okay. So get your marriage on, folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to ask you the question, even though we kind of asked it in the context of the topic, but we're going to close out our episode the way we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you to rewind back to your first couple years of marriage. And what advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Dear young married couple, I would say love is really the thing that matters the most. And it's easy to love someone when they love you back. But as Jesus teaches, like, can you love your enemies, bless them that curse you kind of a thing? In the context of marriage, I would say, can you love your spouse when they're unlovable? Can you love your spouse when they actually need your help? And that's, that's I think, the ultimate thing that matters the absolute most. I think marriage is God's design to grow up people. It's a people growing machine. Mm-hmm. Because, and if your spouse won't do it, your children will do it because it's going to make <laughs> you be more patient. It's going to make you be it's more true. kind, be more compassionate. So when you're having struggles in your marriage, think like, what's the lesson here for me? How is this, how is God using this to teach me how I can be a little more loving here? How mm-hmm. can I be more compassionate, yeah. be a little more understanding? Those things I think is what really matters. Yep. Mm. That's sanctification, right? Yes. Oh. Yep. So good. So, so good. good. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom. I loved um, the, the really the, the thought process and uh, the structure you gave it all. Like, yeah. It's really good. So good. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. We appreciate what you're pouring into couples all over the world and the resources that you've made available to really just help couples have more fun, connect and get more intimate. Thank you. I love what you two are doing, too. Thank you. Oh, oh. Thank you. All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.